Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. Mm. (laughs) We thank you that you want to glorify Jesus this morning. We thank you that you want to reveal the Father's heart of love to us. So we just say, come, Holy Spirit. Let's move in power. Let your fire fall in this place. Revive us. Rejuvenate us. And fill us afresh. Lord, we need you. We depend on you. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We pray that this word would be a word of life this morning. (laughs) A word that would bring joy and love and peace. And a word that would plunge us deeper into Jesus and what he's done for us. So we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So how have you been doing with the joy thing? Yeah? <laughs> Good. I hope you get some more of it this morning. Because as I say, Jesus' anointing was that unique anointing of joy. Okay? But I was uh, sitting on the, in, the, in uh, I surf, you know, and I've got some good friends I surf with, some of whom let me down quite often, no, no, not pointing any fingers, uh, the, you know. No. But uh, Daryl kind of like encouraged me to start surfing 15 years ago again. And uh, so now I'm still surfing, he's fading, you know. So. But uh, I was on the surf, out on the surf this week, and I was just praying for the service because it's a really nice place, you know, no cell phones, <laughs> no internet, nobody around you, and you're just sitting there in the way, on the waves. And, uh, and it was brilliant because I, like, paddled out, I, I caught a wave, like a really good wave, like surfed all the way in from the back line to the shore, paddled out, caught a wave, I'm telling you, like 10 waves in a row. And I was like sitting there. I was looking at the guys around me, and they were all sitting around. You know, it was like, now I'm not a good surfer. I'm, I'm actually a terrible surfer, but like I caught like 10 waves in a row. And I'm like sitting there, and I said, Lord, what's going on, you know? This is fantastic. I mean, I'm earning some respect here, man, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, it was great. And then, and then uh, you know, I just kind of like saying, Lord, what is this? Like, and, you know, it was like the Lord was saying to me, you know, you know, I move like in waves. You know, there's, there's waves, there's moves of the Spirit of God. And, you know, some people will sit there just watching and not bother to get on board with, with, with the wave. You're, you're with me. And, you know, the Lord was just saying to me, you know, that's like what is happening now. There's a wave of the Spirit, a move of the Spirit. That is, that is happening all across the world. You know, and we've seen these moves of the Spirit. And if you go back through history, you'll see there were times of revival, times of awakening, times of refreshing. And some people got on board and some people didn't. Are you with me? And, um, and so the Lord was just saying to me, Gary, there's this wave of the Spirit that's moving again now and starting to, you know, the groundswell is coming through and people need to get on board. People need to enjoy, you know, surfing is very enjoyable. When you catch that wave, it's like, yes, mm, you know, it's a fantastic feeling, you know, because you don't do much. You, it's just the power is, is driving you along. You're with me. And so it is with the spirit. You know, when the spirit's moving in power, you don't have to do much. It's, it's like you just have to go with what he's doing. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want. That's what I'm looking forward to again is, is a fresh move of the spirit. And, you know, 
That move of the Spirit is, is um, it's about timing. Surfing is about timing. And actually moving in the Spirit is also about timing. You know, what is God doing at this time? What is God saying? What is God releasing at this time? Amen. And, you know, our, our, our kind of, is, is, our purpose is to yield to what God's doing. That we only do what we see the Father doing. That's what Jesus said. That was the ministry of Jesus. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And what we see the, the, the Spirit, the Father doing at this time is releasing a fresh revelation of the Father's love. A fresh revelation of His grace towards us. Now let me just say this. These things are not the be-all and end-all. You know, these people, people like they, they say to me, Gary, you're so dogmatic. It's like you're just focusing on this. It's not to say other things don't matter. It's not to say that other things aren't important. But we need to be on board with what the Spirit's doing at this time. Amen. So it's not at the exclusion of other stuff. So please hear me when I'm saying that. Okay? It's not like, so at the moment, there's a move of the Spirit taking place, bringing back a revelation of grace into the church. 500 years ago, Martin Luther and those guys started getting that revelation, and they broke away from a church that was works-based. They didn't have the full revelation, just by the way, because they also were quite legalistic in their application of grace. You can be legalistically graceful, you know? <laughs> so, you know You're not in grace, you know? Um, but actually, grace is just something that we need to get hold of because it is the foundation of the gospel. Paul refers to it in Acts 20, 24. He refers to the gospel of grace. Yes, now it's also the gospel of the Son. It's the gospel of the kingdom. You know, it's, it's many names to the gospel. The good news, though, is the good news of Jesus Christ, his kingdom, and his grace. Okay, so it's not me calling it the gospel of grace. It's Paul calling it the gospel of grace. And he went around the world establishing that, especially amongst the Gentile nations. So, do we see what, the, what the, the Father's doing at this time? He's bringing back a revelation of grace. That actually is not about you. It's not about your works. It's about Jesus and his work. Amen. So he's bringing back the focus actually on Jesus Christ. That's what grace is about. It's not about our performance. It's about his performance. It's not about our obedience. It's about his obedience. Amen. It's not about our sacrifice. It's about his sacrifice. You see, all those things, our sacrifice, our obedience, our works, must flow out of a position of grace. And sadly, many of us have fallen back into a position of works. Amen. And he wants to establish us again and say, no, your works, your obedience, your giving, your loving comes out of me. You know, we just, I mean, just now, you know, and it's a favorite saying I have. You know, we are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. But how about this? How about you're blessed just because the Father wants to bless you? Can you receive that? That's a bit hard, eh? Because, you know, we, you know, we all want to say, no, 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 I'm blessed because I've got a gift. Yes, 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 guys, we need to give. But how about the fact that your daddy, your Abba in heaven, just wants to bless you for blessing's sake? Can you receive that? <laughs> Can you forget the, the you know, blessing to be a blessed, blessed to be a blessing? Forget that just for a second and just say, my father wants to bless me. My father wants to love me. 
Not so that I do anything. Just because he's loving and he's graceful. Whew. I'm telling you, it's hard, even, it's hard for me to receive that. Because I always think I have to justify myself. I always think I have to justify what I've got. You know, are you with me? And I, I know, please hear me. When we are blessed, yes, it's our inclination to be generous, kind, and loving because we just have an overflow. But I actually don't believe God is blessing us for the purpose of being a blessing to others. Believe he's blessing us because he's just God who is loving. How many of you guys are fathers and mothers here? Most, most of us. Do you, bless, do you bless and love your children because, well, you know, they're going to go out and bless someone else? You don't really. That may be a fruit of your blessing. It may be a fruit of your love. But you just bless them because I love my kids. So it is with Father. Now that might be a hard thing to, for us to get our heads around, but I just want to say that's part of what's happening today. It's grace. One of the things that God is revealing is His grace. He loves us. We are His children. And He just wants to lavish us with love. And I want to tell you, a lot of you here today, including myself, a lot of us here today, just need to receive that. Sometimes we just need to sit and be lavished by God's love. It's not easy to do because our natural inclination is I've got to do something. I've got to justify myself. See, the Lord said to me one day, say, Gary, you know, you understand that you are justified before me. Justification by faith. Just as if I've never sinned. That's what justification means. Okay, just as if I've never sinned. I'm in right standing with God, right, righteous. Not because of what I do, but because of his action towards me of, through the cross. He said, Gary, you, you, you know you're justified before me. I, I know you know that. But you know your problem, Gary, you're always trying to justify yourself to other people. And you know what? That's a religious spirit. You know, we're always feeling... You know, I've got so much I have to justify. Well, well, you know, I do this and I do that. You know, or, or always have to justify what, what you know, my, my actions. And you know, it's been a great release to me. To the Lord saying, I've totally justified you. You do not have to defend yourself any longer. And I want to say that to some of you today. You're justified. Just enjoy being in the presence of God. Enjoy God's lavishing love and generosity towards you. And guess what? That will overflow out of you like a stream of living water. That's the way it works. It will just, it will just overflow from the abundance of grace, from the abundance of life. It's like a stream of living water flows out of you. Amen. So it's that position of being able to receive. So the other thing, you know, with grace goes this joy. We talked about it last time I was here, so I'm not going to go into it now, but Hebrews 1.9, the anointing of Jesus, the anointing of joy. When you know your love, when you know that you don't have to earn your position anymore, that you don't have to do anymore, there's a joy that wells up. And that joy infects people. Okay? We, 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 are, we are infectors. <laughs> Wherever we go, we want to infect people. With, with joy, we want to infect people with love. 
want to infect people with grace that comes from Jesus. We're carriers of, of, of Christ. And the other thing, this wave of the Spirit that's happening, so it's, it's grace. It's the focus on Jesus and the finished work of the cross. It's joy of the Lord is my strength. But it's also understanding righteousness. Okay, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not your righteousness, His righteousness. And everything else gets added unto you. Amen. You see, we're not called like the false prosperity gospel puts its eyes on the stuff. We put our eyes on Jesus and the stuff will come as the Lord determines. Amen. So it says, don't worry because I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you the stuff. But put your eyes on me and seek my righteousness. Seek my right standing with you. So right to, you know, the sign of maturity, I think it's Hebrews 5, it says, immaturity is not understanding righteousness. So part of the move of the Spirit this time is reestablishing your righteousness and my righteousness is one thing, Jesus Christ. Okay, 1 Colossians 1.30. Let's just see what that says. 1 Colossians 1.30 says this. It is because of him that you are in Jesus Christ, who has become wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Therefore, it's written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. See, there's a big theme that goes through scriptures. It's actually, we are called to be dependent on Jesus. And when we boast, we don't boast about what we do. We boast about what he's done for us. Amen. Our boasting is Jesus died for me. Jesus has made me righteous. Jesus has sanctified me and made me holy. Yes, I'm still working that out. But the fact is, I am holy. Amen. You're holy. You're sanctified by, by, by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, you still got to renew your mind. you still got to change your actions. But the fact is, your position now is Christ. In Christ. You're hidden in Christ. You are part of Christ. Amen. So that, that holiness and that righteousness is a, is a Christ dependency. He came to, to give us that. And the other thing is, we are in favor. Grace and favor can be translated. The, the word charis, grace, means favor. Okay? And uh, favor is like jubilee. Remember, every 50 years there was favor. Isaiah, Isaiah 61.2 talks about the year of God's favor. So grace has brought us into that. The finished work of the cross has brought us into that place of favor. We are under God's favor. We live in a dispensation of jubilee. You know, they may have heard this week that the Pope said, this is the jubilee time. Well, I've got news for the Pope. Since the cross, it's been a jubilee time. Amen. Okay? We don't need some man declaring it's a jubilee time. Jesus declared it on the cross. He declared the acceptable year of God's favor. We are under God's favor now. The rules and regulations that stood against us. Colossians 2 has been nailed on the cross. And we're now in, in a time of God's favor, a time of God's blessing, a time of God's abundance. Okay? Yes, we may suffer. Yes, we may have tribulations. But our expectancy is favor. Favor of the Lord. Jesus fulfilled everything in the law. Leviticus 25.10, the year of Jubilee was fulfilled in Christ. So Jesus said, I've, I've come to fulfill the law. And all his actions fulfill those blessings and, uh, and, those, and those curses. They're all fulfilled in Jesus, in the law. So we... You know, we, we, we can 
abide in God's favor. So Jesus, I mean, Jesus is just amazing what he's done for us. And we need to, we need to like, you know, the interesting thing is identity is such an important part of grace. So the whole purpose of grace is to actually establish us in our identity as children of God. Amen. So it's, the, it's, the, it's the ultimate revelation of what God's done for us, is he's made us his children. We're not his servants, we're his children. Now, interestingly, identity is a big issue these days. You know, we, most of us kind of grew up in what we would call the modern world. And in the modern world, the modern worldview, the modern mindset, our identity is based on what we produced. So, you know, you talk to people my age, a little bit older, it, it's, you know, I'm, kind of, I'm still trying to get over this. Whenever I meet someone, I'm saying, how's it, how are you? My, my like, first question is, well, what do you do? What do you do for a living? <laughs> you know? I'm terrible. You see, it's like you kind of identify people by what they produce. That was the modern era, you know, it came out of the Industrial Revolution. That It's, what do you do? Oh, you're a minister in the church? Well, what do you do, you know? You, you know? What work do you, you... That's the modern mindset. Our identities are found in what we do, whether we ministers, whether we engineers. And it's actually... Uh, it's a little bit of a curse, I want to tell you, because it makes us doers. If we're not doing, we, we kind of like are wobbly about our identity. If we're not producing, now that's a modern mindset. We now have moved into a postmodern mindset with younger people. Now, it's very interesting because their identity is found in what they consume. Okay? So, when you talk to a younger person, you look at their shoes and you see Nike. Nike, you know? Look at their jeans, or Levi, or I, I, I don't know. What, what jeans do you like, man? <laughs> Looks like Levi's, okay? But, you know, like, you know, what, it's like what computer you've got? Apple. You know, it's very brand-orientated. It, it, it's identity, postmodern generation finds identity in what they feed on, what they consume. That's quite interesting that we accord actually to have like a kind of a postmodern identity because our identity is found in who we as kingdom people feed on. Who do we feed on? Jesus. We feed on Jesus, the living word of God. We've, we've celebrated that this morning. You know, Jesus said, I am the bread of life, okay? Uh, um, John 6.35 it's amazing. He's, he's basically saying, I'm the manna from heaven. I'm the bread of life. Feed on me. So you see, kingdom identity is actually kind of a little bit linked up with postmodern identity. Who do you feed on? Not what do you do. Who do you feed on? Do you feed on Jesus? Do you, feed on the, uh, uh, do you drink of his living waters? And, uh, uh, do you, you know, it was even in those days, in the Bible days, it, it was kind of quite radical stuff. Jesus came and he said, uh, I'm the bread of life. <clears throat> I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never go thirsty. And he carries this theme through, that you need to feed on, we need to eat of him, 
eat his flesh and drink his blood. You know, the early church was accused by the Roman authorities of being cannibals because they heard this, these stories of people coming or going into secret places and eating the flesh of this guy Christ and drinking his blood. I mean, you, you can imagine. Like it must have been, you know, for outsider, it must have been, whoa, what's going on here? They didn't understand. But actually Jesus said, you know, you have to feed on me. Now, when you feed on something, it means you become dependent on that thing. And that thing becomes part of you. And we're finding that more and more today. You know, what you eat affects you. And Jesus said, feed on me, drink of me. He said, my blood is real blood and my, and my body is real meat. And guess what? Some of his disciples said, this is too much for me. I'm leaving. John, John 6, 66, they said, we can't handle this. But I want to just say to us today, I believe the Lord's bringing us back and saying, feed on me. Feed on me. Drink of my spirit every single day. Be dependent on me. Stop being dependent on yourself. Stop being independent and be dependent on me. We are called to live off of him. You see, so many of us have been living off of our works. We've been finding our identity in our works. But Jesus is saying, like, live off of me, feed off of me every day. So every day when we get up, like, just accept his grace to you. Accept that you can feed on him. See, grace, the grace gospel puts, and there is only one gospel. Let me just say that. It's the gospel that Paul preached. Paul said, we don't preach any other gospel. The grace, the gospel of grace, is Christ-dependent. Okay, Jesus said in Philippians 2.7, he said, he, he, said he, he gave up his divine nature and he took on the nature of a servant. Amen. And in John 13.8, we see him, uh, I think that's the, 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 the thing where he washes our feet, uh, the disciples' feet. And he said, and Peter said, no, no, don't, don't wash my feet. Don't serve me. And Jesus said, unless... I serve you. You have no part in me. And Matthew twenty twenty eight says, The Son of Man, just listen to this. Get your head around this. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Can you let Jesus serve you? See, that was a question again that the Lord asked me. Will you let me serve you, Gary? Because I know you want to serve me, but actually I'm looking for people that want to feed on me and want to be served by me. You see, grace, we draw on Jesus. We let him serve us. We let him provide for us. We let him be our source. And that's very, very difficult because we're doers. Lord, I want, to be, I want to be your servant. Lord, I want to do this for you and do that for you. And those, it's good to be doing when you're led by the Spirit. Please understand what I'm saying here. But our source needs to be Jesus. He said, I've come to serve. And yet, so many of us are like Peter. Lord, don't serve me. I, my life is about serving you. And Jesus would say to us today, no, it's not. It's about you depending on me. And allowing me to flow through you. Amen. And I want to just encourage you today to feed on Jesus and allow him to, allow him to serve you.
See, God delights in serving us. He, he delights in the world so much that he sent his one and only son. It's, it's a beautiful picture. And it's like, oh, I can let go. I can enter into his rest. And from that rest, I can minister peace and love and joy to other people. Out of that rest. Because I'm not a servant of God any longer. I am a son. Amen. Or a daughter. A child of God. Mary and Martha. We know the story. Mary was, was just sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha was busy doing stuff for Jesus. Good stuff. They needed cakes. They needed tea. You know, they had to brew the coffee. I mean, it was all stuff that everybody would do normally. You know what I mean? And Jesus said, no, no, no. He said, Martha, you, you bothered. I mean, why would Jesus need a cup of tea? He can just, boom, tea. <laughs> you with me? Why would he need her baking bread? It's like, boom, bread. <laughs> you know? And Mary just sat at his feet, feeding off of Jesus, listening and feeding off the living word. And that's where God wants us to be. That's where God is taking the church back to that total dependence on Jesus. That total, that's actually, you know, the songs we sang this morning were, were wonderful, beautiful. Like, glorify him. You with me? It's, you see, we glorify Jesus when we, when we tell people, my whole life is about Jesus. I hear this thing saying, you know, um, we sing this song, you know, Bambalela, Bambalela, hold on to Jesus, hold on to Jesus. You know the song? Don't you sing Zulu songs here? Do. Bambalela, 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 come on, Bambalela. You know what? I don't have any strength to hold on to Jesus. I want to tell you, if God lets go of me, I am lost. Serious. I'm lost. I, I will backslide into the worst darkness and depravity. My faith is not in me holding on to Jesus. It's a great song. I love it because you can dance to it. But, but the words are like, hang on to you. I can't hang on to Jesus. There are times in my life when things happen, when there's problems where I'm just like, Lord, I can't hold on. And the Lord says, you don't have to. Because actually not about you holding on, it's about me. I took hold of you. I'm sovereign. I have sealed you with my spirit. You don't have to hang on. And even if you backside, don't worry. You'll come back. You know, sometimes our kids backside and we panic. You with me? But God has sealed them. God has God's hands upon them. They will come back. That's what faith we need to have. It's dependent on him and his love. And we need to feed on him. We need to abide in him. We need to have fun in him. Okay, Christianity is fun. Christianity is an adventure. Life is tough. Life is hard. We suffer, but it can still be fun. Okay, God's, our God is a wild God. He loves us. He wants us to have fun as his children. He wants that fun to bubble out and spill over to others who are depressed and downtrodden. Amen. It's, it's, it's attractive. He hates religiosity. The only people he condemned were the Pharisees. They wanted to put heavy loads on people. Loads of themselves couldn't obey uh, or, or carry. Jesus didn't condemn the world. It says he came, he, he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He didn't come to condemn sinners. He came to save them. The, the people, you know, there were sinners there and Pharisees there. Those guys he embraced, those guys he condemned. 
He condemned the religious people of the day because they thought it was all about laws and rules and regulations and harshness and judgment. But Jesus said, no, the sinners I embrace because they're humble, they're broken. They recognize their need for me. And it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, not the law of God. So what I wanted to get to today was to say that grace and righteousness and joy actually is about you and me understanding our identity. We are not servants of the Lord. You know, it says uh, Galatians 4, 7. I don't know if you can turn to that. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that they might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. And the spirit who, uh, the spirit cries out, Abba, Father, Daddy. You are no longer slaves. Some translations, it says, you're no longer servants, but sons. And since you are sons, God has made you an heir also. You're no longer servants. And say, that's not your identity anymore. Do you serve the Lord? Yes. But your, your identity is now as a child of God, a son or daughter. Okay? And, the, and the word son is inclusive, by the way, of men and women. Okay? It's, an, it's an inheritance thing. Because you'll find later it says, and because we are sons, we inherit the promises of God. So our position is no longer sinner, but saint. I want to hear that. I want you to hear that because this is a controversial thing. Nowhere in the scriptures does it refer to the people, born again people of God, as sinners. We were sinners. Saved by grace, and we are now saints who may sin occasionally. But the good news is, when you know you're a saint, when you know you're a son, guess what? Sin's power has been diminished, it's been knelt to the cross, and actually it is no longer our nature. We no longer have a sin nature. Now again, I know people are going to freak when you say that, but that nature was nailed to the cross. Amen. It is not your nature if you are born again to sin. Please hear that. Your nature. It's not your heart's desire to sin. Am I right? If it is, you are not born again. I'm not saying there will never be any sin in our lives, but we are not sinners. That is not our nature. Our sinful nature was nailed on the cross. And we need to stop bringing it to life. Stop focusing on it. And, and when, when, we, when we do sin, we need to say, This is the exception, not the rule. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of righteousness. Amen. Amen. Is this good news? (laughs) It's good news, man. See, I always used to thought I was a sinner. You know, uh, this is after I'm saved. And and guess what? As I think, so so I act. Now I believe I'm a son of righteousness. And I'm starting to live more and more and more righteously. Not in some legalistic way. It's just happening. Because that's my identity. I'm now a, 
uh, uh, not a slave. I'm not a servant. I'm a son. And yes, will I enter into slavery for my father? Absolutely, if that's what he wants me. Will I serve him? Absolutely. But I'm still his son. And I inherit, I've inherited all the promises through Jesus Christ because Jesus is the firstborn of many. Okay, we turn to Romans 8. Hey, I get, I get excited at my own preaching, by the way. That's a good sign. <laughs> I can preach and I think, this is, I think this is good. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting excited. <laughs> Whew, I'm getting the shakes, man. <laughs> so, Romans 8. <laughs> I love Romans 8. I mean, I think if there's one chapter in, in the scriptures that one really, really needs to meditate on deeply is, is Romans 8. Starts with, for now there is no condemnation. Amen. Amen. No condemnation. So much of our, 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 our sin, so much of our sickness is rooted in condemnation. We condemn ourselves. You know, oh, I did this wrong. Oh, God, if only you knew. Well, he does know. <laughs> So get over yourself and accept that you, God's not there to condemn you anymore. Okay, because you're in the Spirit. You know, it says, no condemnation for those, uh, 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 for those in Christ Jesus. You're in Christ Jesus. Amen. You don't have to get into Christ Jesus. When you were born again, you're in Christ Jesus. You're hidden. You're clothed with Christ. And the good news is no condemnation. Even when you sin. There's no condemnation. Yes, deal with the sin. Yes, Confess it to one another. Yes, get healed. But there's no condemnation because God sees you now through the blood under grace as his beloved child. So there's no condemnation. So Romans 8 starts off with the whole foundation of sonship or or being a child of God is knowing God no longer condemns you. God no longer separates you. So Romans 8.15 Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now again, we can take that and twist it and say, well, sometimes I'm not led by by the Spirit of God, so I lose my sonship. No. (laughs) Born again, the Spirit is, is in you, and you're led by the Spirit of God. Amen. So it's not something you have to get. It's not something you have to do every day. It's something that you are. You are led by the Spirit of God, and therefore you are a child of God. For you did not receive a... uh, Sorry, but you received the Spirit of sonship or or adoption. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. You've heard me say this before. Abba, very intimate word. It's not just the Victorian Father. It's the Abba. Okay, The Spirit Himself testifies that we are God's children. Now, if we are children... Then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs in Christ, if we share with his sufferings in order that we may share with his glory. So do you share in the suffering of Christ? Where did he suffer? Christ suffered on the cross. Do you share in that suffering? 
you with me? So often we think we have to go out there and we have to suffer. Let me tell you something. You will suffer for being a Christian. But that's not the suffering that is talking about here. The suffering he's talking about is identifying yourself with the cross. That he suffered on the cross for us. See, it's about him suffering and us identifying with the suffering of Christ. You with me? Can you see it's about him? It's not about us going out and, 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 and suffering. Yes, we will suffer. Please hear this. But, but this thing about, you know, I need, if I'm a real Christian, I, I've got to suffer. If I'm not suffering, I'm not a real Christian. Let me say you will suffer for being a Christian. Okay? I mean, I've lost work because I'm a Christian. As a property developer over the years, people have, you know, I've been involved with people and people have turned away because I'm Christian. I, I've been, I, I've, there's been suffering just for being a Christian. But the suffering that we need to identify with is the suffering on the cross and say, that is my suffering with Christ. Amen. I, Galatians 2.20 is a key verse at this time as well. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. You, you and me, we're dead. Our identity is now Christ. Being crucified with Christ, I no longer live. Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body is by faith of, of the Son of God. Not in the Son of God, of the Son of God. Okay, the, that's in the King James Version. Okay, I don't set aside the grace of God. Okay, that, that, that identity is said, I don't set aside the grace of God. Because if righteousness could be attained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Galatians 2.20 is saying that we have suffered with Christ on the cross. We've been nailed with Christ on the cross. And that's made a sonship because he's now the first son. We are sons with him. And our identity is now found in Christ, who we feed on, who we love. Can you carry on to the next verse, 21? So Galatians 2.21 Listen, to, I don't set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be attained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Okay. So you see, there's, there's, there's a link between being crucified and accepting grace and accepting righteousness was not through the law, but through being nailed on the cross with Jesus, through having died. We have died. We have died, people. If you haven't died, then you could not have been born again. And then let me pray for you today. Because God is the only God that's out to kill us off. Amen. God wants us dead. We identify with Christ. We've been baptized into his death and resurrection. We no longer live. Christ lives in me. If we find it hard to accept, but that's the good news. You don't live anymore. Christ lives in you. And all those promises of the Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit and fire. All those promises come to us because it came to Christ and we have been hidden and included in Him. Let's just look at Galatians 4, 6. I'm going to finish off with this. Hey. <laughs> yeah, this just reinforces what I said earlier. Because you are sons, God sent His Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, you are no longer a slave or a servant, but a son. And since you are sons of God, He has made you also an heir. So we have all the promises of the kingdom of God right now 
We don't have to work for them. We just have to receive because it's our inheritance. And you receive an inheritance. <coughs> excuse me. We receive an inheritance when there's death and Jesus has died. And that means the inheritance is in effect for each one of us. And what we can do now is just draw on Jesus, our inheritance. Okay? And we are in Christ. So as we go out into the world, we, we just draw on him. We live on him. We depend on him. And uh, that's an amazing, beautiful picture. So today I want to just say to you as I a, as a conclude, feed on Jesus. Go home and, and sit and say, Jesus, please serve me. Tell you, it's a hard thing to do. Jesus, please feed me. Lord, take away any unbelief in me. Take away from me a false gospel of works and law. And place in my heart the good news of your love and grace. We want to get on board with what the Spirit's doing because the Spirit is preparing for revival. But that revival is going to be based on the proper gospel. Amen. An unshakable gospel. A gospel that's dependent on God, not on us. So let's pray. Let's just, let's just stand up and just, let's just pray. And if anybody wants prayer for healing or anything or just joy, can come forward. But let's just, let's just pray and feed on Jesus now and just, just open your hearts and, and just say, Jesus, feed me. Feed me. We all love food. That's why there's so many food programs today. <laughs> we all like to eat. Now eat, eat, feed, drink of Jesus. Drink of Jesus and feed on him. Let him download the bread of life. Let him download the living waters. Thank you, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Feed, Lord. There's many, many of us have got dry and many of us have got hungry and we're going through the motions because we think if we do, it's going to solve the problem. So I pray now for <laughs> the living water to flow into that desert of dryness. And where the Lord is empty, Lord, stack it with bread, cinnamons, whatever, those, all those nice, beautiful things, the bread of life, the food of life, Jesus. Feed on him. Feed on him. Repent of your good works. Repent of your good works. Assume you've repented of your bad works, but repent of your good works because they, <laughs> they stand in the way just as much. Just receive. Receive now, just... Learn to receive once again. Let him fill you now.